0: Hi, everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on Monday, December 18th, 2023, one week away from Christmas, Happy holidays to all of our Lockdown Blue Devils listeners out there. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Be sure to watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, like this video, share it with your friends, as your support means so much to us. It is a Mailbag Monday episode of Lockdown Blue Devils today. Jordan Mann's back once again. He's going to help answer these questions. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, and your questions can be answered if you send them to us, lockedonbluedevils at gmail.com, or go ahead and make sure you send us a DM at LO underscore Blue Devils on X, and we will answer all of your questions. All right, so without further ado, let's bring on our good pal Jordan Mann who joins us each and every week. It's been a little while since we've tackled a Mailbag Monday episode together. I'm glad to kind of dive into these questions with you, Jordan. I hope you're doing well.
1: Yeah, brother. I appreciate you having me. But I think the last time we did mailbag, it might have been the first time I ever came on the show. It was a mailbag for Duke football, I think.
0: Yeah, so. I think you're right. I think you're right. You made your debut, and uh, here we are. We don't have any games to recap from the Duke perspective over this past weekend. We've just got questions to answer for the folks out there. So let's get right to it, man. We're going to have both basketball and football questions on the docket today. You ready to roll?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right, here we go. First question came in. Uh, what does Duke miss most with Tyrese Proctor out? What do you think?
1: Uh, for sure. If you remember the Georgia Tech game, Duke misses a true ball handler, a second ball handler with a roach. I think even if Proctor was out with an ankle injury and was able to come back the last two minutes of the game, I think Duke wins that game at Georgia Tech. It just showed inexperience the way Duke ended that game and how Georgia Tech basically stole a win away. And You miss that true ball handler and with the ball handling is his playmaking ability where his vision and his ball handling creates not only opportunities for himself, but for his teammates. Like his vision is just top. I love watching him play with the ball in his hands. You never know where he's going to go with it. And most importantly, is his defense. JJ, he is one of my favorite defensive players to watch in the country because with his long frame, how his size, he can guard a big physical guard. Or he can even stay in front of a quick twitchy guard. If the twitchy guard gets by him, he has that reach to make a deflection or a block shot from behind.
0: I think that's absolutely what Duke's missing with Tyrese Proctor is just his ability to contribute on both ends of the floor. I think if you look at a couple of players on Duke's roster this year and in years past – you can kind of pigeonhole them as more of an offensive guy, more of a defensive guy. But truly, I think it's kind of open-ended. It's one or it's both for Tyrese Proctor. He's able to bring it night in, night out on the offensive end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor. So to be asked, what do you miss most? Well, I think it's all of it because there's so much that he does bring to the table.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is an impact player. On and He is an impact player in general. Like He's yeah. not an impact <laughs> player offensively or defensively. He is both. And we've seen Duke's struggles come from him because of his inability to make shots, or he just had a bad offensive game, like against Arizona, for example. But the reason being is because he's so impactful. Like Duke needs him to be good and let alone play the game for them to really reach that next level, which we're trying to get to right now.
0: All right. Next question came in from Deborah, who sent us an email lockdownbluedevils at gmail.com. Deborah asks, Will Jared McCain be someone we can rely on? in big games he's been playing well as of late I just don't know if he could bring it in the bigger ones what do you think can McCain bring it
1: yeah I think it's a great question because I don't he doesn't he needs to be ready to be that guy for Duke and I don't mean that as the first guy or second guy that's Philipowski, that's Jeremy Roach that's why they're on the Duke team but he needs to be that third option he needs to be ready for that third option if Proctor is just having a facilitating game or his offense isn't there like we just talked about It has to be Jared McCain, and I think Shire knows that, and I think that's why you've seen the volume of his shots become more and more as the season's progressed. It's like, hey, shoot these transition threes. They're layups for you. He did that against Hofstra. He's done that against – who Duke play before Hofstra? We had 21. Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, we played UNC Charlotte, and he's he's showing more and more aggressiveness on the offensive end, so when Duke plays the real heart of the AC schedule, I know they play Georgia Tech, but when Duke really gets challenged McCain will be ready, and I think he needs to embrace that third-scoring role behind Filipowski and Roach.
0: I think it's fair to ask, as you said, because he's played well lately, but it hasn't been the biggest competition for Duke against, as we just mentioned, Hofstra and Charlotte. You think about the Michigan State game, for example. McCain was not a factor, really, in that one. Didn't do a whole lot against Arkansas. Was one of the better players out there for Duke in their loss to Arizona. But as Deborah asks, can McCain – Be someone that Duke can rely on. I think, as we've seen over the course of the last decade of Duke basketball in this one and done era, not to say McCain is one of those guys, but you know, the high level recruits that are getting significant playing time as freshmen, they get more comfortable as the season moves forward. And I do think McCain becomes one of those guys that steps up night in and night out. Yeah. He's going to have to. He's going to have to.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree, and, uh, like, he played really well in the Arizona loss, but then you flip it over, Duke beats Michigan State, and he had a zero burger. Like, he had the same amount of points as you and I had, J.J. That's what my high school coach always said to me, so that's why (laughs) I have to throw that out there. But, um, yeah, like, he has to show that he is capable of scoring double digits for Duke night in and night out, and so far he has recently. 21-13, last two games, he needs to continue to show – 10 or more for Duke, and then maybe that 10 or more can be that 20 or more on a special occasion where it gives Duke a huge road win in conference play.
0: Let's see what happens with McCain in the games to come. A good question there again from Deborah coming in via email, Devils at gmail.com. A couple of more questions to answer. It's a Mailbag Monday episode of Locked On Blue Devils, and we will answer those questions after this first break here on the program today. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with the ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusion apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers We'll keep it moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils alongside my pal Jordan Mann. I'm JJ Jackson. We move forward with these questions. Our next mailbag question is this. Are you worried Duke's ceiling is not what we thought it was? A pretty open question here because we haven't defined necessarily what the ceiling would be. So in your opinion, what do you think?
1: I I think – we got to give Shire credit. Like, I don't think the sky is falling for Duke and with what Duke is. And Duke has that preconceived notion of, like, what they should be. But you just look back to last year, J.J., how many people wrote off, especially Duke fans, wrote off Derek Lively because he could not score. And they were just like, this guy's not a five-star center. And come to find out when the games mattered most in January, February – he hit stride to where he was the most dominant player in the country on the defense side of the ball. And it really gave Duke that extra level. So, what right. I'm saying is, we don't know what Duke is, and we're not going to know what Duke is in the middle of December. We're going to know it when January, February. And I got to give Shire credit because when speed bumps have happened last year and this year, the guy just adjusts like scheme wise, rotation wise. I know Proctor's hurt, but Jalen Blakes has played 20 minutes or more the last two games. And here's a fun fact for you, JJ. You ready? I'll give you a fun you fact. Mean, you to give me fun facts. Jalen Blakes has played three games where he's had 20 or more points or 20 or more minutes per game. He's shooting 91% from the floor in those three games combined. 10 of 11, and averaging almost 10 points per game.
0: Wow! So <laughs>
1: you're good glue guy. I'll Look get,
0: at you bringing the heat, man. And I
1: know, I know, people be like, "Well, it's Hofstra and it's UNC Charlotte." I don't care. We have seen Jalen Blakes for now going into three years, like. The guy, if something's clicking there, it'll give Duke reliable, like when Proctor comes back in, he'll go down to like 10 minutes maybe. But he's earned those minutes. The other thing
0: I always come back to, like this is a scholarship player for Duke. There was a decision that was made to offer Jalen Blakes a scholarship to come and play basketball for the premier program in the sport. There's a reason he's there. But, man, give it to me one more time. Three games of 20-plus minutes –
1: he is 10 of 11 from the field. He's shooting 91% from the field in three games where he's played 20 or more minutes. And that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. And yeah. on the other side of that coin, with the adjustments, Ryan Young's been playing and starting most of Duke's games this year. Duke just played so Ryan Young played one minute. Yeah. It's technically two minutes, but it was one minute majority of the game. And that's my point. Shire doesn't care if – it it worked that one day game and then it didn't like at Georgia Tech where things went sour completely just scratched it off we're adjusting going back from ground zero and it's worked the last two games I know again inferior competition but they've been comfortable wins for Duke where like Hofstra's a pretty solid CAA team and that that conference I told you after we recorded the previous week that UNC Wilmington beat Kentucky at Kentucky like that's And what's their best player, Tyler Thomas, is averaging 20-some points per game. Like, that's a good guard. And Duke just ran away with them in the second half because the adjustments that Shire has made in these last two games after lost Georgia Tech, like, the ceiling is too to be determined, and that's how it should be, JJ. Like, don't write off Duke and don't say that they're great. Let them just keep playing ball.
0: You clearly listened to last Friday's show where I got on to people for not supporting John Shire, the end game coach, and making sure we give him his flowers.
1: So. yeah, I've you know I've been on Twitter way too long. Bro. Yeah, that,
0: that's, I, I'm, I'm in the same spot, and I'm, I'm seeing those same tweets, and it's, it's pretty frustrating time and time again. But to your point about Ryan Young even, when you look at, at this Duke team, think about the Michigan State game. In some ways you could argue Duke doesn't win that game if Ryan Young isn't on their team, and sure. I think that's got to be a little bit more the genius of John Shire against Hofstra. It doesn't make sense for Ryan Young to be out there on the floor, but you don't need to totally write the guy off because there could be other games this season where you're going to need him to do a little bit more for you.
1: Correct. Shire clearly does his rotation by matchups. What are (laughs) the strengths of the matchups? It's no rhyme or reason like some people would like to say. It's like, why is Ryan Young playing these minutes when they should be going to – Sean Stewart, when it you go to T.J. Power. It's like, you just got to trust the matchup situation. And Shire, and that's a guy that I'm going to trust. Like, I just – he earns that because Kay vows for him to be the head coach, and he's earned that from me as a fan because last year Duke looked dead in the water around this time last year, and then they clicked on the AC. So it's like, hey, you deserve more than a year and a half of coaching before I jump the yeah. gun if you can coach or not. Are you
0: saying that John Shire is spending
1: more time at practice than we are? I, you know, I think so. I have a source there, and they can confirm that he does his – He shows all- up. He shows yeah. up and
0: he's paying attention. I love it. All right, we got sidetracked there on that mailbag question. That was great. So uh, are you worried Duke ceiling is not what we thought it was? I do think this Duke team can still uh, – uh, the, the championship is the goal each and every season, being a national champion. You look at the roster, I still think this Duke team can get it done.
1: Yeah, what what happens in November, December to me is just irrelevant to basketball, uh, to what it means in February, in March. At the end yeah. of the day, it just though, when the calendar turns over, basketball season starts. I've told you that from day one, and I'm just going yeah. to tell you that now.
0: All right, let's let's move on. Next question: How important is it for Duke to get a big win against Baylor, given the ACC has had some disappointing non-conference results?
1: So well, I just said basketball doesn't mean anything until January or February, but it would be nice to see Duke beat Baylor uh, because not only the ACC, I don't care really much about the ACC's results uh, against non-conference as I care about Duke's. And, like, the Michigan State win was important at the time, but obviously they have fallen off, and that's Duke's best win. I think they're around 500. And so just from a team morale standpoint, like beating Baylor, when, when does Duke play Baylor, J.J.? Next Wednesday, two days from now. Yep. Okay. So, with that, right before Christmas, it'd be a great Christmas present for all Duke fans. But if something happens and it does not happen, I'm still not jumping ship. It would just be, it's, you lose, it's, look, it's fine. Calendar's going to flip over. You win, that's something to build off of. That's just how I, it's a healthy way to cope with it, JJ, because I used to be the fan where it was doom or gloom, but basketball, man's it's 30, 30 games a year. So, it's just, I think Duke's going to be ready, though. I think Shire is just – he's in his bag right now with what he's doing coaching-wise.
0: Yeah, so Wednesday we've got Baylor in New York and then a 10-day break taking on Queens and then jumping into ACC play to open up the season. So, again, that question was how important is for Duke to get a big win against Baylor, given that the ACC has had some disappointing non-conference results. There have been some disappointing non-conference results for the league. Last week we saw Louisville (laughs) – uh, take a loss to Arkansas State. Things aren't going there. Going well there.
1: I, I don't know what I don't know what's happening there, JJ. I mean, yeah. it's been it's a disaster. Uh, Nolan Smith's got to be the interim head coach by the new year because there's just <laughs> no way they can hold on to Kenny Payne any longer. But yeah, you're you're correct And the answer the mailbag question. Like the one team that looks good in non-conference play to me from ACC is UNC. I mean, UNC handled Tennessee at home in the ACC-SEC challenge, and it's just. You know, they beat Arkansas, right? They beat yep. Arkansas, who Duke lost to, and which is they good. Were
0: competitive with UConn. I mean, yeah, they. they- I,
1: I want them to be relevant. They have the seventh year Netflix star, Armando Baycott, uh, at center. And so, <laughs> and so I just like them being good, and then Duke's good because that makes the rivalry fun. So. In a weird way, I pull for UNC because I want that matchup to really matter when Duke plays UNC twice a year.
0: You're the best. All right. <laughs> One more break. We're going to transition to football. We've got a couple of more mailbag questions that we're going to tackle here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now we can play during basketball season too. You can pick two or more players – more than or less than on the projected stats, and place your entry. Lock it in, and then here come the winnings. It's pretty awesome. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks number one. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks offers discounts for select player projections up to twenty-five percent. To provide even more value. All right, you need to do this. You need to go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college using code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepix is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's wrap it up here on today's episode of lockdown blue devils jordan man is here with me it's the big j and little j show it's duke fb fans on x if you want to follow him there on social media at coach j man promote your work what are you up to these days man
1: just came out of the podcast last week about the recap of manny diaz uh being the head coach of duke and yeah we're going to take probably this week off and reevaluate after the duke baylor game we're going to talk about well we'll preview the bowl game sorry let me take that back we're going to preview the duke bowl game against troy and then coming up
0: on after, friday it's a big week
1: it is a big week baby it's i can't it feels so weird with everything that's happened this this month or three weeks with duke football but yes duke plays in a bowl game talk about that and then after the baylor game we're going to recap duke uh the first half of the year coming into uh the new year so yeah, yeah. big things coming with the big J and little J show
0: Duke football in the Birmingham Bowl Saturday. My apologies. Day's getting ahead of me here. Saturday, they'll take on Troy. Make sure you watch that game as a Duke looks to finish off the season with an 8-5 and five record. Speaking of which, we've got some football questions to answer here in the mailbag. Final two. Again, send your questions to us. It's a mailbag Monday at LO underscore Blue Devils on X or locked on Blue at gmail.com. Simple question, Jordan. What did you think of the Manny Diaz hire? What's it going to take? to keep a successful coach here long-term? Kind of a two-parter there. What did you think of the hire? And then uh, a greater question at large, how do we keep these guys longer at Duke?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, The first part of that question, I love the hire. That was, if you follow me, Duke FB fans, that was my number one choice. It just made sense. Uh, He not only has ACC ties with NC State, he was NC State's defensive coach or defense coach there for about five years 2000 2005 I'm pretty sure and then obviously head coach in Miami was DC in Miami before that played at
0: Florida State himself
1: yeah was a graduate from Florida State and he's just very familiar with the ACC and with head coaching experience and that's something Duke's never had as a head coach candidate and so he's coming from the number one defense in the country and he led the number one defense in the country so Just made all sense in the world to line up. And so I love the hire. Loved it. Second question was, what does it take to retain a guy like Diaz? So Duke's done a good job. When they hired Elko, they did a good job of backing the salary pool and basically paying Elko more money than Cutcliffe made at Duke and then paying the assistants a lot more money than the assistants under Cutcliffe to keep the retention, to keep everybody in sync. Now – In the last two years, NIL has really taken off. And so the Durham Devils Club is something that Duke has started, or I'm sorry, they're affiliated with Duke football. And basically it's the NIL club for Duke football. And basically NIL money is now how you retain good players and coaches know that. And so they want to go to a program or have a program that is committed to funding NIL money to their players, or you're going to see – a Riley Leonard, and R.J. Oban, a Brandon Johnson, like three of Duke's better players this past year in the portal to leave to go to better spending programs. And it it sucks as fans. Trust me, I know. But as a, also as a former broke college student, I get capitalizing on what you're worth in that moment. So Duke's just got to do a better job. And we have. We have. I think I saw uh, last week there was a post that Duke's NIL, Durham, Durham Devils Club's up 30% the last month of subscribers. So the money's starting to pick up more in the NIL. And I think that's where Duke has to be the best at in retaining a coach like Manny Diaz. Because if he wins eight or nine games first couple of years, just like Elko did, not only will he get a pay raise, that's not going to be a problem. It's yeah. going to be what can you do for my players to keep me, giving me the chance to have a good team, a good roster with talent.
0: No doubt about that. I I think just continuing to buy into the program itself is something that uh, will help tremendously. I've been pleased with the the media that's out there, the coverage of this program, talking about the team a little bit more, and that starts with guys like you and I, like bringing more awareness to what's going on, but also the in-house production that Duke is doing. We know how big Duke Blue Planet is with that basketball program and the eyeballs that it drops in. There was a really cool, like, six-minute video that Duke football put out there kind of recapping the first weekend. Uh, my voice was heard in it, which I, totally caught me off guard.
1: I was yeah. not expecting that. that. Was, I was gonna, yeah, congrats. People, <laughs> listeners, you got to watch that video. I was just like – I did the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I was sitting here. I was like, wait, I, I know who that <laughs> yeah.
0: It's JJ. It's JJ. Just the start um, of
1: the video, it was, but that, it was
0: it was so cool. Like it, it literally it's the phone call from Nina Kink as she's calling Manny Diaz to offer him the job. Like that type stuff is next level. Find a way to let people see the inner workings of your program. You start to get attached to these players, uh, and and yeah, I think that those things go a long way. Uh, and then also just hey, find a way to win on the field. And if you can win on the field and compete that's when coaches are going to want to stay there. That brings us to our final question here on this Mailbag Monday, which is a big one. I I thought this was really fun. I had to throw it in there. came to us uh, via email, gmail.com. If conference realignment continues in a few years, which conference would Duke fit better in, the SEC, Big Ten, or Big East? This, of course, is assuming things continue to go south for the ACC. A lot could change We've got this new deal, the media rights deal with the ACC Network, but uh, talk to me here. What are you thinking?
1: That's, yeah, this is a great question because I I don't know, so I'll give you an I don't answer. know either. Yeah. So I would rule out the Big East because money is the key here, and yeah. so you're going to get paid the most in the SEC or Big Ten, so it's down to those two. So then, all right, let me look at the teams that are very good academically. Vanderbilt's been just The bottom of the barrel in the SEC forever except for maybe a couple years under James Franklin and then you look at Northwestern who's competed for Big Ten titles and then they were six and six this year a team that Duke demolished this past season so I would lean Big Ten because I think Duke bodes well against other Big Ten teams rather than the SEC I think Duke's brand of football is just hit you in the mouth like Hard nosed football are gonna beat you between the trenches. Whereas the SEC, like the upper echelon, you know, as an Auburn That's guy, right. you yes. know, you go sideline to sideline, you're not get you're not getting around that side. Like you're not. It's gonna be closing speed. So I think the Big Ten would suit Duke the best, but geographically, like geographically, it's the SEC, right? Because we are in the southeast. But for this hypothetical, I would like Duke in the Big Ten because Duke's bows well as against the yeah.
0: So, but then, as we could say, clearly in the Big Ten, the, the geography of it all doesn't matter with Correct. USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon now in the mix. The basketball side of things, though, that's why I'm so, the Big East would be fun, man, to see those conference games that Duke would have with, Villanova. That's
1: a great point. See, I was going straight. The last – since it was football questions previously. football
0: drives the sport. Football absolutely drives the sport and will likely drive this decision. But the basketball purists in us, like, man, if Duke had those matchups in the Big East.
1: I was thinking strictly with my football mind. Now, you give me basketball mind, yes. I mean, the Big East. let's
0: think about this, too. If if this is a conversation with Duke leaving the ACC, then a school like Syracuse is out – they are not going to the Big Ten or the SEC Automat. The Big East kind of makes sense for them to go back home. So you're, that matchup is still there. Pitt can kind of be back involved in the Big East as well. Uh, St. John's, Villanova, yeah, the, we've had some good matchups over the years with them. Marquette uh, involved in the Big East.
1: Yeah, Syracuse, like you said, like there's there's just teams, and that would make sense. UConn. Like, we're forgetting
0: yeah. UConn. We've got all yeah, those, the most beef in the world right now with UConn. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I—that's uh, that's a great question because basketball-wise, obviously Big East, football-wise, Big Ten, and maybe both is SEC because SEC is really looks yeah. good in basketball. So it's just a great—it's a great question.
0: State your case here, though, because I want this to be well known. I do not, I do not want the ACC to fall apart. Like I am absolutely cheering yeah. for this conference to hold strong. Uh, but as a, some of these things are worrisome. Are you in that same boat or are you ready to jump ship?
1: No, I'm not going to jump ship. I okay. mean, they just ACC headquarters just relocated to Charlotte where I stay. So I, yeah. I have full faith. We're loyal ACC. through and
0: through, man. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, obviously they're from Greensboro, like headquarters in Greensboro now in Charlotte. So I've been in North Carolina my whole life and I'll always back the, the ACC and. <laughs> If Florida State or Clemson leaves, they're going to figure out a way to get somebody else in. And as long as they can just keep their head above water in these weird times, I think it'll all just pan out the way it should be.
0: So this, this is more of a March conversation, but your next point was going to be, I'm just used to it being March. Growing up in school, we're rolling the televisions into the classroom and watching the games, right?
1: Yeah, watching the ACC uh, ACC tournament at noon. Duke's playing Clemson. (laughs) NC State's playing Georgia Tech. UNC's playing somebody else. Not
0: paying attention in class, watching the game. Getting in (laughs) fights
1: with my friends that are UNC fans about Tyler Hansbro. You know, it's just The glory days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jordan, it is so great to see you always, man. This was a whole lot of fun. Give me one final plug for all your work.
1: Yeah, you can find me at Coach J-Man for my basketball takes, at Duke FB Fans for my football takes, and then the at Big J and Little J Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and X as well. So I appreciate appreciate you having me as always, JJ. So thank you.
0: And knowing you, you're going to clip some segment of this conversation today for folks to see on social media, which we certainly love. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Like, uh, the seven-year Netflix story. <laughs> Good stuff. Jordan, we'll talk again soon, okay? See you, buddy. All right, that's Jordan Mann joining us here on today's episode of the program. Good stuff. I love a good Mailbag Monday. Thanks for those questions. Send more, please. Devils at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to answer all of those. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.